Hi, you're listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life with me, your host, Mimi Novik. I'm so happy and thrilled to have you here with me. I have created this series for all of us so we can change our world together and live a more holistic and balanced life. Together, we will share lots of inspiring stories from all walks of life, speak with leading experts, enjoy healthy living ideas, explore music and subjects that inspire each other to always have hope. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all of you. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Secrets for an Inspirational Life. How are you all today? How is life treating you? Is it all sunshine and flowers? Is there a little bit of rain and clouds? Well, it seems that life is like that. There is always something around the corner, something joyful, sometimes sadly sorrowful. But it just shows you really that every moment in this life we need to cherish in its entirety. And every moment gives us the opportunity to try something new. It is never too late, I believe, to change one's life, to live the life that we yearn for secretly. We often settle for a life that is, I don't know, mundane in a way. And yet there are so many beautiful things out there, so many beautiful people that are waiting to meet us. And maybe with open arms and an open heart and, of course, an open mind, we can have that courage to pursue that life that we have always dreamed of. And that is why today's guest is such a special guest, because that is exactly what he has done. I'm absolutely delighted to welcome my guest today, who is Paul Kennedy. He's a traveller, an author, a chef, and a teacher, and many other things. Paul grew up in Northern Virginia, where he studied hospitality management. After his education, he departed to New York, where he continued to establish himself in the restaurant world, while also pursuing his love of writing and photography. In 2018, with a backpack and some inspiration sprinkled, Paul decided to change his life completely and took off to see the world. The inspiration clearly worked because he never returned and is still traveling. His journey of uncertainty found its purpose of exploring what the world has to offer out there. Paul is currently working on a cookbook about Vietnam's food and culture that will be available later this year. Besides authentic Vietnamese recipes, Paul hopes to do his part in piquing the reader's interest in understanding the world and also helping them to have the courage to change 
their life. Today, he shares his inspiring life all the way from Vietnam. Welcome, dear Paul. Mimi, thank you so much for the introduction. Those were the kindest words. I don't know if I can top that. I feel like I should say goodnight already or goodbye. <laughs> Take leave a little bow. A, Take a little leave bow. Leave on a good note and just say <laughs> thank you, everyone. Thank you. I don't know if I can top that. I don't know where to sure go from there. <laughs> How are you? And you are all the way in Vietnam, I have to say. Yes, greetings from Hanoi. I am in Hanoi, Vietnam. I am, I forget, wow. seven hours ahead of you, I think, in London. Yes, yes, mistaken. you are, you are. And I'm totally <clears throat> thrilled to have you here, Paul. And it me. is so wonderful to be speaking with you. And there you are, across the other side of the planet. Yes, likewise. And your introduction, I can't, can't say how true those words are every oh, single word the the never too late don't settle and the key to all this is the inspiration the yes. inspiration got me to where i am the inspiration slash motivation and mm -hmm. my goal is to essentially pay forward or encourage others to also do the same not doesn't have to be the same degree but to, um, to explore the world and see what's out there. It's really worth it. It is. It is. And myself and Paul were talking on another day and we were saying how travel really expands the soul, the mind, the heart, and really all in all makes you a rounded person in so many ways. It's a kaleidoscope of adventure and joy and, as you said, inspiration and motivation. But I would like to start a little bit backward where yes. this all began. How did this fantastic adventure begin? And first, but I have to ask you, how many years have you been doing this now? So I am on about three and a half years. It was September of 2018 that I'd left mm -hmm. and December of 2018 that I arrived in Hanoi. And okay. although I have traveled throughout um, Vietnam and some in Asia since then, I have stayed put in Vietnam. This has you been stay. my base. This has been my home base. This is where I currently live. And why Vietnam? All I have to say is once you get here, you will see. Um, with what you said, the backstory, the backstory yes, is. Yes, tell us a little bit. How did that, how did you leave your life in the United States? This will States? give you a little understanding as to why Vietnam. I left yes. my life not with the intention of leaving behind what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I left for a birthday trip, for a 10-day birthday trip that was to be spent on a friend's boat in Greece. Don't think I have high crust, <laughs> highbrow friends who are, but I have some friends who I had known from Charleston where I went to culinary school, who also mm -hmm. moved to New York. They adopted a child 
they ended up, they were both in the education field. They sold their house. They bought a 47 foot catamaran having never sailed before. They took a three day sailing lesson and they decided to sail the world with their child to teach their child the world. They thought that would be the best education for the child and the best life to really see what the world was like. That's who I chose to spend my birthday with in Greece. At the end of this 10-day trip, so I went there just, I chose them, well, A, because they're friends, but B, with inspiration as the theme. At the end of the trip, they literally, because this was that the entire 10 days was on their boat. At the end of the trip, they literally dropped me off on the beach in Santorini. I had already been advised by a friend who had gone overseas to just bring a backpack. You don't have to worry about losing luggage. You don't have to worry about waiting for luggage. You don't have to check it or worry about the weight. Just bring a backpack. So, so there I was on the beach in Santorini where they left me. Mm-hmm. And it was at that moment, I, I told myself, just keep going. Just keep going. So I did. I stayed in my first hostel in Greece. I met people who also inspired me to keep going. They encouraged me to go to Chiang Mai. Have you been to Chiang Mai in Thailand? No, I haven't. No. Okay. So I, I don't know if we were speaking about this. The person that was encouraging me is a digital nomad who works from his computer as a web developer. Mm-hmm. He could not figure out how I could translate my hospitality background in traveling, um, but encouraged me to continue anyways, thinking Chiang Mai would be the place. I went to Chiang Mai. It was full of Western expats. The biggest night of the of the week there were it was um, cover bands playing Led Zeppelin, Grateful Dead. Um, they're sitting on bales of hay, very westernized. They're selling hot dogs and pizza and French fries, and so it just wasn't what I wanted. And I kept traveling. And when I got to Vietnam, I realized the culture is so fascinating here, and I didn't know that was what I was looking for. But as soon as I got here, I realized it hit me. This is what I wanted. I wanted to learn and I wanted to experience. And I think that was the beginning of when I started understanding the difference between vacationing and traveling. Because I never liked vacationing and I didn't know why. I didn't understand going with the same people that you see in life on a daily basis to a different location. Yeah eating nachos and drinking margaritas with pre-made mix, enjoyable, (laughs) but I just didn't grasp the same enjoyment that everyone else did. It's, it was fun, Mm. but I don't think I received what they did. When I got to Vietnam, when I got to Hanoi, I understood that there was a curiosity I had and I really appreciated it. And it was at that moment, I realized I wanted to stay here. I really did. And every day since then, every single day, I wake up and I'm grateful that I'm here and I'm constantly learning. Every sound I hear is new, every food I taste, everything. And that's a lot, three years. Imagine three years of the same, of the same, if I was still experiencing the exact same 
like the movie Groundhog Day in New York. Wake up, do the exact same, go through the same routine, same restaurants, same food. And I don't have that. So I'm really appreciating, enjoying, and understanding the culture. And in doing so, understanding people. Long, long story. But that's how I ended up. And that's why I chose Vietnam. And how did you feel when you arrived, Paul, in Vietnam? Because I know in certain countries that I've arrived in, it is just you feel as soon as you get off the aeroplane, you feel like this is it. There is an affinity. There is a a recognition. There is a feeling of um, belonging in a way. Arriving in the airport, nothing, because I'm in the airport. You don't mm. really, there's not, there's, the surroundings aren't there. The culture is not there. Mm. Arriving in Hanoi, I felt the vibe. I enjoyed the vibe. I happened to have made, I think, a maybe a Facebook story or Instagram story where I recorded it saying, I really like the vibe here. I, re- I saw that two years later and my feeling was the same. Not realizing that that's what I said or thought at that time. I still feel it and it's documented. That feeling I had then is the same feeling I have now. It's the vibe. It's very unique. Very, very unique. It's the vibe. Uh, the vibe Absolutely. Is- yeah. It's it's I think that's also sort of applicable when you meet different people and you get the vibe. Absolutely. That they're your type of people. Um and you could say the most ludicrous thing to them and they'd find it hilarious, or they could say exactly. it to you and it would be hilarious but to somebody else it would just be nonsense but there is actually an understanding beyond words and when i've you, met yeah yes yeah. i have met people since who have who came from smaller towns and they visited hanoi and their first um perception was wow it's very loud here so because there's a hundred million there's it's a population of about a hundred million in the um, a space the size of about California. So there, there's a lot of people and about three quarters of them. So 75 million people have motorbikes. So a lot of traffic, a lot of people. But with that being said, I moved here from New York. So noise is, doesn't affect me. I don't even hear it. It's filtered out. All mm-hmm. that traffic, mm-hmm. horns, I just don't hear horns. It's just what happens when you live in a city. So. Hanoi, all that was filtered out. I just received the culture. I didn't hear or see traffic really. So it's a little bit different for me. So I do get it if someone comes here and it's, a, it's chaotic for them. I do understand that, but I didn't receive that. And did you know anybody there, Paul? Or did you, it, was it just <laughs> no, like no, a wing no. and a prayer and you just arrived? No one. I knew no one. And I made, it a, I made it a point of not researching anything when I decided to travel. When mm-hmm. I, I was going to meet my friends on the boat and I, was, I went to Italy three days before the trip to possibly meet a friend before going to Greece. I did not get to see her. But then in going from Italy to Greece, I found myself on my computer for hours researching, do I take a ferry? Do I fly? If I fly, do I, take a, you know, do I then take a ferry? Or you know, how do I get from point A to point B? And then you start looking at reviews and you start pricing things. It's just very consuming. Um, And two or three hours on a computer, that's a lot of time that you can be wandering around. 
I saw a lot when I was in Italy for three days, a lot. So I made it a point right then and there. I'm not going to, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not going to research anything. I'm not going to book hotels. I'm not going, nothing. So I knew no one and I had nothing booked or planned. And when I recorded that comment about my feeling about the vibe and Hanoi, I had not even found a hotel yet. I was, the cab had just dropped me off and I was just standing there with a backpack. No place to stay. And I, no worries. I knew no one though. And don't speak the language. I don't speak the language. And how was that feeling? You know, I'm just trying to imagine that feeling of arriving somewhere, which is a completely different culture and completely different people. Um, as you said, a completely different vibe than you're used to. And you're arriving there. How did that feel? And did you, did you at that moment know that that is where you would end up staying for such a well, for a few years, in fact. Uh, how did it feel like? I felt like a kid in a candy store. I really <laughs> was just overwhelmed with enjoyment. Truly. Part of this, part of that difference with traveling and vacation is I do enjoy and I still look around and stare at everything. I'm amazed by everything and I want to see every detail. And I'm asking questions about everything. I have had people visit. And we're walking down the street and they want to stand next to me and just look at me and talk. And I think to myself, you're in Vietnam. You know, two things. One, you can look around at all the culture here while you talk to me. Um, and B is you can leave me because we can talk on the phone later um, because there's a lot to experience here. So I, I receive and I want to receive. And that's a big difference. How did I feel overwhelmed with enjoyment? But I'm starting to, like I said, understand the, the traveling aspect of this. And I'm starting to realize the importance of curiosity wanting to maximize your curiosity. I don't realize what it is, but I acknowledge the fact that I want to experience this. So when did I want or decide? Um, I think I decided right then and there. This is a place I need to figure out how to make it work. How can I stay here? I can still travel, but how can I live here? So that's, that's as soon as I got here, that was it. I think that's incredible. I think that's that moment of destiny where, in a way, you know you're in exactly the right place at exactly the right time. Everything and, sort of yes. fits, doesn't it? And when I was in Chiang Mai, the exact mm. same feeling that told me to not stay there. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize this. Yeah. And I didn't anticipate it. If anything, because... The people that I'd met had all told me I would want to stay there. I thought I would. So I went there thinking, this is it. I can't wait. And I get there. And my first thought was, no way. I can't wait to get out of here. Mm -hmm. I, I, I still wandered and I explored. I think I stayed in Thailand for a month. But it, I knew immediately. I knew I was going to experience Thailand. But I knew there was no way I was going to live there. Knew it. Without a doubt. Within minutes, same exact same scenario. I'm not even sure if I checked into the hotel yet. 
I don't know if I did, but I knew immediately I was, I was not going to stay there. There was nothing there for me. There was no culture, no experience, nothing. Don't get me wrong. Everyone should go to Chiang Mai and Thailand also. But <laughs> that's, it's, uh, it, you know, it's different. Yeah, it's it different. wasn't for you. It wasn't for <clears throat> you. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for and me. That, There's something out there for everyone. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, different things for different people and all of that, as they say. But right. what I'm curious about is, <clears throat> yes. for example, when you decided to make this huge move, and in a way, you know, in life, sometimes you don't even know why you're doing something, but it's this energy, this force that's propelling you to take you to the destination that you're sort of meant to be. And then right. everything in life falls in place. I remember because I lived abroad for many years and right. traveled a lot. And I remember arriving in a place and thinking, everything makes sense because this is where I'm meant to be. And this is actually who I am. Right. And you somehow, I don't know about you, Paul, but you become, you become more aware of who you are as a person. Absolutely. Did you find Absolutely. that? Definitely. And part of the enjoyment and the other observation or Another observation is, you know, I make the comparison about when I explain traveling versus vacationing, that when someone vacations, they return and it's always the exact same. I had a great time, a lot of good food, the weather was great or skiing or whatever it may be, the beach, but it's always pretty generic. It's always, yeah. it's always about um, the, how much they enjoyed their relaxation, whether or not they actually did. They usually include weather in this because weather affects how it was. And, and food is a big part of it. Vacationing or traveling, if you ask someone how their traveling was, like me right now, mm. it's such an experience, it is difficult to put into words. Even for me years later, I am still trying to wrap my head around the experience so do we grow and change absolutely absolutely so much so that it's difficult to even try and figure out because i'm still changing so yeah. you do find yourself you discover yourself you find your voice you find um new, new there's new discoveries constantly but it takes a long time to really unwrap what's happened to you really does it's that great and that's that's yeah. a key difference between traveling and vacationing it's, it's that you never you never hear someone return from vacationing the true sense of it where you're by yourself and you're going to maximize this experience the truest mm -hmm. experience of of traveling you never hear them say it was good <laughs> yeah we had a great time it was relaxing never it's always about some change. It's always about internal growth. Always. 100%. And yeah. they never regret it. Never regret it. I've not actually, you're right, <laughs> Paul, because I've never met one person that has traveled that has said to me, you know what? Even if it, 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 yeah, I'd never <laughs> do it again. And actually it was dire. 
because even though sometimes I've been in dire situations um, right. while traveling, I do it all again. Well, I think you, you shared a story with me. Yes. I don't know if we're sharing it here, but you shared a story <laughs> with me that if it was not a traveling experience, it would be horrendous. Yes. Be, yes. I'm going to a therapist <laughs> situation. But, you know, it really is. Oh, it really is. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Wait, um, I'm laughing because um, Paul and I were talking the other day and we were sharing <laughs> moments of sort of little gems of traveling, sort of exchanging things of what we'd been through. And I was explaining about my little toilet phobia, I suppose, that I had. Um when I was in Uzbekistan, because in those types of countries, you can't always find a toilet. Um, it's a hole in the ground. And um, <laughs> I have a great fear of holes in the ground with snakes and things. And, you know, people were saying to me, you have to go to the toilet. You have to go to the toilet. I'm not going to the toilet. Um, That's right. Guess what's happening. You, Guess what's yeah, happening. <laughs> yeah. But when I came, you know, back to the UK, I was kissing the bathroom. I was so happy to be in the bathroom. <laughs> and then I suddenly thought to myself, well, really, you know, you do make a big thing about things sometimes, you know. Right. And what it's taught me also, Paul, is that you deal with things differently because your mind then becomes also not set in anything. It's right. very much of go with the flow. and whatever happens let's just deal with it get on with it and move on as opposed to dwelling on things because that's really sort of you know that the the great secret of traveling I think is you have to take everything in your stride otherwise it will drive you as you said insane and you'd be at the therapist's door for the rest of your life right 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 and that well what trumps that is when you go there yes you have to accept that there's going to be there's going to be some sort of um i don't want to say fear but um uncomfortableness hmm. there has to be um that's part of learning uh, that's how you experience new things but the 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 trick with understanding anything that's going to happen is going to be, I'm going to maximize the learning no matter what. So yes, mm. you have to roll with the punches because it's part of the process. You have to let go of the routine, let go of the routine that you're used to. You have to. That's it's true. Roll with it. Yeah, absolutely. I remember that I traveled a lot with a particular friend of mine and her daughter for many years. And one of the stories was that we'd gone through so many incidents of travel of, oh my goodness, story upon story, as you can imagine. And one day um, we were in a dire situation and I remember her bringing a, we had, we had a cat there. It wasn't our cat and it was called Olivia. Mm -hmm. Olivia was black and white and I was totally in love with this cat and it was disabled, but I was in love with it. It was beautiful. It had almond-shaped eyes it was very Egyptian looking and I was totally in love with this cat and but she was a bit <laughs> naughty sometimes um but anyway and 
we'd, we'd just gone through this whole tarantula thing where my friend had found a huge tarantula and I think she'd killed it actually um, and sort of said, oh, she told me this for years, I killed this tarantula so that it didn't, you know, eat you alive and all sorts <laughs> of things. You know, as you do as friends, you just... Right, right. Yeah, you know how it is. And they never let you forget it. And then she she was crying and she was holding this thing in her hand and just had this tarantula story and I was freaking out and I thought it can't get any worse. And then she was holding this thing in her hand and she said, oh, this. And I said, what is it? What is it? What is it? And she said, it's, it's, we used to call Olivia Livy. It's Livy. And I looked at this thing and I thought, oh, Olivia's melted. The cat's melted. Something's happened with the spider. <laughs> And I was freaking out. I said, what do you mean? What do you mean? And she died. What? She said, no, this is her food. I said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I thought of the absurdity of it, but it, but to the point where you think, oh, okay. She said, should I make a chamomile? I said, I think we need it. And we just carried on. And I thought, the cat had melted. The tarantula was dead. And here we're going to have a cup of tea. But it shows you that it prepares you for life, doesn't it, Paul? In a it way does. that nothing else can. It does. It really, really does. And the only way for someone to understand it is to make that leap. They yes. just have to do it. You can read, what's a saying? You can, you'll learn more from traveling a thousand miles than you will from reading a thousand books. Oh, that's There's, wonderful, actually. That's so true. There is no substitution for this, yeah. no substitution. So knowing what we've said, you and I, mm. there's no substitution for it. There is, um, well, traveling, you'll learn more from traveling a thousand miles and reading a thousand books and that you, you've never heard anyone. We've never heard anyone who's returned from traveling, who's ever described it, been able to describe it simply because it's that overwhelming. Um, yeah. And every single person talks about how changing it can be or is. I mean, there's never a negative aspect to it. You might hear someone say, oh, I lost my passport or whatever situation. But mm. sure, you can, that can happen anywhere. That can happen with vacation. So you can have nightmare stories. But the nightmare stories when you travel, like your experience, are always funnier and more of an experience than in something traumatic. They're usually something yes. that you can embrace because you learn from it. It's not something that's just bad. It's something you learn from because you're in that receiving mode. And do you find yourself, Paul, I, I know I find myself doing this, is when something happens that doesn't really go according to plan. Um, and at that moment, you think this is a disaster or you somehow the more you travel, you can say to yourself, no, 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 this is just another page in the book. Just keep your wits about you, calm down and see how it pans out. Everything becomes less dramatical somehow. I'm pretty Zen anyway, but yes, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Because it, everything you do shift gears mentally mm. so that everything is an experience. Yeah. So you're no longer wired so that something is automatically a complaint. It's not going your way. So if you are, you know, the term Karen's 
that I assume it's in in the UK like it is in the US, something doesn't go their way and they instantly start complaining. And they refer it's to them. Karen's, but I have to say, yes, I have heard of it, but I'm not actually sure what it means. Please tell me, what does it mean? Who's a Karen? It's, What's a Karen? <laughs> it really is. It's someone who instantly, uh, knee-jerk reaction, has problems if they do not get what they're used to. Whether oh, they're whether okay. it's expected or not, whether it's justified or not, in their eyes, they're not getting what they feel they deserve. So instantly, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. And instantly, it's not handled correctly. So it usually involves um, anger. So instead of, you know, there's a long line, I'm upset, let me speak to someone, it's, there's yelling involved and complaining involved. On a, at a higher tone. So when you travel, you switch gears. So Karen is wired. That person is wired to react that way. She's wound up. Something's created her. She was not born that way. She did not. She hasn't mm. been crying because she didn't get her bottle for her entire life. She has not been doing that her entire life. It's impossible. Um, it's impossible to, to have that behavior and to get through life. So when you travel, you rewire your brain, whether on purpose or not, so that everything's an experience. So yes, um, problems aren't problems, like you said. They're just an experience. So you do change, absolutely, absolutely. And even for people, Paul, out there that feel for whatever reason, not everyone can travel because uh, personal circumstances, every life is different. But I suppose, well, look, you know, there's people out there who can't physically, you know, maybe they haven't got the physical strength. Maybe they haven't got the material, you know. I know there are some. Means, you know. Um, But in a way, traveling if we look at it on a deeper level, it's really a state of being, isn't it? Um, to have this open soul, open mind view about things because some people who are able to will be able to have that courage possibly. And this is where you come in because that's why I really wanted you to come on to encourage people to do that something different, whatever that may be actually. Um, because traveling is the, the beauty of my life. But as we said, not everyone can do it. But it doesn't have to be, I suppose, traveling. It can be the journey to oneself, which could mean a lot of different things to a lot of people. Just don't stay in that same mindset, in that same state of being. You know, like you're saying, you know, where people think everything must go according to how they want it. Would you not say? Okay, I agree with you. Mm. Now, the trick here, though, is yes. First, you have to eliminate the people that can't, truly can't. Mm. You have to filter through the people that are just giving excuses. Mm -hmm. Because that's the majority of people. The majority of people are just afraid of the unknown. They have no valid reason and they make up reasons. 
So to try and justify their fear of not wanting to go. It's true. A thousand percent. It's the same people that, that vote a certain way, not because they truly think it, but because they're afraid of, of it. Someone made them afraid of it. I don't want to get into politics, so. But if you talk about, if they say they don't have money for it, so this is my rough list. Mm-hmm. If they say they don't have money for it, almost always, for the people I've met, I can easily, the people that I know, I usually come back and say, well, didn't you go to two weddings last year across the country? Or, you know, is that a brand new handbag? Cost is never the issue. I could fly from New York to Vietnam for less money than it cost me to fly from New York to Charleston, South Carolina, where I was living before New York. So I can fly 12 hours or 24 hours away for less money than it would cost me to fly a couple hours away in the U.S. That's just the way the flights work in the U.S. Mm. The hotels here, I can stay here a month for what it costs for two nights at a hotel hotel in Charleston or New York. It's that cheap. So cost oh, so is never how much issue. is it, just out of curiosity, um, how much is it <laughs> You're gonna for die. a hotel for a month <laughs> where you are? You're going to die. Well, the hotel for, it, they really range. The majority of the hotels are, say, you know, three and a half stars. There's no regulation, really. That's the difference when you travel is, the U.S. has regulations. So you call yourself three-star, you must be three-star. You call yourself four-star, you must be. You yeah. must meet certain standards. They don't really have that in most of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but a decent, safe, comfortable, clean hotels you can get for, you know, a lot of them are in the same quality in that 15 to $50 range per night. Easily $15 a night. Easily. One five. a night. 15 a night. A super nice one, one that would cost, say, 800 or 1,000. So not super overpriced, but 800 to 1,000 in New York City would be $90 here. Per night. Per night. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So is this this good or bad for, for London, for UK? Are we on track? Well, London is a whole different um, ball game because in London, it can range anything from 120 to top, top, you know, seven, right. 800, you know. <clears throat> Same as New York, probably. Yeah, 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 I would say so. Um, but would it, how much would it be to rent a place to live? Okay, well, that's what. So I know places. So I, when I'm here, uh, I can, I'll say when I travel, Mm. um, I went somewhere last, not last, a couple of trips ago, I was looking at a hotel or my friend was, and I said, Oh, how many, I think there's three or four nights. And I said, Oh, how much? And he goes, $45. And I was like, I thought it was per night. I was like, whoa, I was like, that's kind of expensive, (laughs) you know, because that's how you become. You're like, wow, that's a lot of money. Um, And he's like, no, that's for all four nights. I was like, oh, that's okay. That's good. Um, So it's, you know, $10 when you live here, you just like if you lived in New York or live in London, you know where to get the good price hotels that are the same quality. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
let me just cut to the chase. I spend my total everything, rent, all, everything I spend, plus including traveling once a month within the country. So flying mm-hmm. somewhere and hotels is $550 a month, $550. My total expenses for the month. Is that food as well? Everything, eating out, eating out, everything. That's excellent. What? <laughs> so that should give you an, uh, that's, that's what I'm talking about. I, that's I know it's good. I know it's yeah. good. I, and during COVID, because in the beginning, I was not going, I was not flying to places within Vietnam. So again, I had to stay within Vietnam, mm-hmm. um, but I'm still wanting to travel and explore. So I was limiting my, tra- my flying because I didn't want to, you know, we, we got back, we didn't start getting vaccinated here until September. So I was always taking a, the equivalent of an Uber or a cab or whatever it's called in, in the UK. So mm-hmm. I would take a, a cab for like three and a half hours and it would be 40 bucks. So that's, that's in, New York. in New York, I would take a cab in New York City after work and it would be $65 to go home. But that's here, incredible. I'm going yeah. three and a half hours. <laughs> three and a half hours and it'd be under 50 bucks so the cost of living when someone says they can't travel because of the cost i have to say that's ridiculous because you could come here and live for a month for less than a weekend in new york they usually say they can't travel because of kids i understand that however i don't think that I think you're lying to yourself if you feel like there's no option for the 18 or 21 years of that kid's life that you're ever allowed to step away. I just don't think you set yourself up for that. I don't think a parent ever set themselves up to where they said, I can't ever step away from this kid. My parents can't watch these kids for weeks or a month. Or my cousins or my siblings. I just don't believe that there's no option. Camp, nothing. I just, I would have to think that if you really understood what you could learn from traveling and that when you benefit, your kids benefit, I think you would look into it and realize, you know, I can, and that your kids would actually get a good experience by staying with someone else for a few weeks or a month, whatever it may be while you traveled. I think they would, I don't think they can disagree with me. So it's usually money. Um, it's usually, they say kids. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they say safety, but, and I understand, but you have to have your, your smarts about you no matter where you go. Yeah, if you're going to the grocery store at night, you always have to have your smarts. You always have to. I don't care where you are, vacation, going to the store. I think that's just common sense. But those are usually... That's usually the, the extent of the excuses, and they're not really valid. Saying you don't have an interest to travel, well, again, that you have no interest in growing. You know, this isn't, this isn't, I'm not saying make a New Year's resolution where you have to work out with a trainer every day, and you have to change your diet every day for the rest of your life. I'm talking about taking the trip by yourself and experiencing a culture. And, and returning back to your routine and see what happens. I'm not saying change your whole life. Your life will change. You won't 
you may not realize what it's changing, but I'm not saying, you know, you have to, from now on, you must now curl your hair every day. Starting today, you've got to dye your hair blonde every day. You know, I'm not saying make a daily change. I'm just saying, take a trip by yourself, travel, explore, experience. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? You said a very poignant line there, Paul, actually, where you said about we lie to ourselves. Yeah. And I think that a lot of the time we are all guilty of that in some way. Absolutely. Is that we actually make ourselves do things that we don't even want to do. And the things that we really want to do somehow take a back seat and we can, we are so good at convincing ourselves of complete and utter nonsense. Um, But it's breaking that mindset. It's breaking that, I suppose, mold for a lot of people because a lot of people in the West have this um, fear of the unknown, of adventure. You have to be a certain type of person. Whereas, you know, in maybe the Far East, the Middle East, and, you know, around the world, they have a different attitude towards life. They embrace life differently. So what would you say to people out there that um, are afraid to take that change, are afraid to make even a single trip? How do you get over that? Well, <clears throat> you know, I, I've said it in the sense that there's no reason not to. So make a list. Tell me, tell me <laughs> there's nothing you can put on it. But make a list and really validate the reasons you can't. But the important part, again, is that People are so afraid, like we keep repeating. Yeah, yeah. What happens is they say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to wherever, whatever country. Then they start saying, you know what? I'm going to invite so-and-so. Yeah. Next thing you know, it turns into a vacation. Next thing you know, there's four of them. They're staying in a hotel. They're going to what chain restaurant? is in the UK, you know, they're, they're finding the same chain restaurant wherever they're traveling. Mm. They're just doing a vacation in a new place. They have to stick to the rule that you, you have to go by yourself. That's the part that's going to be the big step for most people because that's what people are not used to. Mm. So what do you say? You say, okay, well, this is how it works. These are the rules. This is how it works. You have to travel by yourself. Because if you go with someone, they're a distraction. You, we, were people pleasers. You're in a hotel with someone, or you travel with someone. It's you know, do you want the do you want the window seat, or do you want the aisle seat, or your arms on the armrest, or you know, once you land, are you hungry? No, let's go where you want to go. Do you want to see this? Well, you want to see what did you look up? What did you find? You need to just wander. You need to be lost. That's part of the game. That's part of the experience is being by yourself. When you don't have that noise that 
conversation in your ear, that's when you start receiving things. That's when you start hearing everyone and everything around you. Food tastes different. Uh, what you see, it gives you this chance to walk down the alley and don't picture some dark, crazy, scary alley, but gets, it gives you a chance to walk around on your own, truly wander. If you're with someone, you can't. I'm tired, or I want to do this, or let's not go down here. You're more likely to jump into a pool in your bathing suit if you are not comfortable with how you look, if you're by yourself and no one's around. It's just when you break it down into how we are, we're worried about other people. Other people judging us with, oh, pajamas. There we go. Yes. No. <laughs> so I, so you and I were talking about, I live in a culture where pajamas are accepted. I come yeah. from a culture where we judge others. And my, my view would typically be, my opinion would typically be, oh, look at that poor soul who's given up on life. They're wearing pajamas at the store. Poor thing. I hope they're not depressed. That's typically the takeaway when I would see someone. Here, it's the exact same outfit. It's pajamas. They're called something else. They wear them casually outside. They also wear them to work. So with that being said, if no one was around, would you wear pajamas? No one. Absolutely. If you were in a hut somewhere in the middle of a rice field, would you wear pajamas to sit out on the deck? Sure. If there is a chance of even one person seeing you, would you? Probably not. Depends who it was. Maybe. But yeah. having that person with you is a distraction. It's a distraction. That's not how you travel and that's not how you're going to maximize everything you can get. If you're going through the whole process of traveling to experience something, do it the right way. You earn it. We earn it. We've all earned the right to travel by ourselves. We have. Do you get lonely? <clears throat> no, no. Because that's no. what people are going to say. Yes. Never. But I get lonely. And how do I know who I'm going to meet? And, you know, that's what people are going to say. If they're going to have the courage to do it, the next question is, but will I get lonely? No, and, and traveling makes, it changes lonely people. It makes them included because you're forced into, into this environment where you have to ask questions. And it's not a bad thing. I am, I've been teaching since COVID hit because I'm trapped in the country. And it's been a great, great, great course with, with culture. Because when I have a question, typically I would just ask my friends. Now. I can ask a thousand students in a week. Classrooms are 50 students, five zero per class. So if I have 20 classes, I can ask a thousand people. So I can validate and answer every question I have. Mm. So the lonely part, a teacher that lives in, a, in an expat area um, asks where I live. And I live in a local area. I'm, there's no restaurants with English menus. There's no people who speak English here. There's no, no influence from the West here. This is what I want. And his comment, funny you said that, was, don't you get lonely? Mm. And, and my comment back was, absolutely not. No, no. If anything, 
I'm probably the too involved with everyone, which is why local neighbors invite me to their, their family events because they know I want to be part of. So I'm included in events more than I want to. You know, I'm happy being by myself. Mm -hmm. um, but his reason for living here is completely different. He is an expat. He is someone who wanted the same but different. He is someone who vacations. He is surrounded by other, we call ourselves foreigners, anyone who does not, who's not from Vietnam, we are foreigners. So he lives in a foreigner neighborhood where they have Taco Tuesdays at restaurants, um, all it's hamburgers and steaks and pizza and everyone speaks English and all the restaurants and stores have are English mm. speaking. Um, that's not the experience I want. I don't understand. Like he doesn't understand what I'm doing. I don't understand what he's doing. <laughs> now I do understand it's a cheap place to live. So that I get. He wants a cheap place to live. That's a little bit different. Absolutely. I 100% support him doing that. But I think he's missing out. I know he's missing out. I know he is because he does not see what I see on a daily basis. I open up my door. Um, it's completely different. It's a completely different experience on a daily basis than what he is. He's experiencing. So I've learned that we're all given this book with these blank pages. Again, mm -hmm. back to what you said. Why, how to encourage someone? Well, you've got a book with all these empty chapters and empty pages. You know, are the highlights going to be, I graduated high school and college, got married and had kids? Or is it going to be something bigger that you really experience for yourself? Because you can. You can do it. We all can do it. We all can do it. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, it's a really good advert, actually. You've, you've, I hope you've convinced a lot of people out there because <laughs> it, it really, no, truly, it is sincerely said. And, you know, you can feel the passion of what you're saying. And I want to ask you, Yes. Well, how has it changed you? In what ways has it changed you to leave your family, your friends, and to start a completely new life somewhere else? Well, like I said, I'm not really sure how it's changed me. I know it's given me, me more of a voice to encourage others to experience what I've experienced. Mm. Absolutely. That is true. Um, and I don't feel like I left anyone. Before COVID, I was actually seeing my family more than I did when I lived in New York. I would fly home for anything. Mm -hmm. The 24-hour flight didn't matter. Someone's birthday, sure, fly home. It did not bother me at all. And the tickets were still cheaper than it was Charleston's mm. New York round trip. So for me, the time of flying, I didn't realize another aspect. In the States, flying is, is very consuming it, mentally and physically. 
because of the long waits with security and it's a process parking or pull, you know it's it, the whole thing's a process mm-hmm. traveling here is not it really isn't so the only part of flying home that i don't like is going to the airport to return back here but getting going to the airport here simple easy you get on a plane you fly 24 hours sure but they feed you so much food i'm watching movies and i'm eating for 24 hours i couldn't be any happier so i don't feel like i left anyone i still talk with everyone i call my parents every day i call them more living here and before covid i saw them more so i didn't leave anyone leaving them is up to you but i'm not encouraging people to create necessarily a new life i would like for them to consider it but i'm definitely encouraging the traveling 100% encouraging the traveling if they can create a new life that's a bigger step that takes a little bit more planning and more consideration but i definitely encourage that as well that's a different conversation to that's a bigger step yes that's, that's step. absolutely um it is a bigger step but i suppose sometimes you just have to jump you don't yeah. know where um any action is really going to take you in life we think it's going to take us down one road what we do or another road but we really don't know it's one of those sort of steps into bewilderment and wonderment of you know if i take one road or if i take the other road what's going to happen but i think the important part is is that we keep moving and we don't stay the same this is our one life yeah and um i i always love this saying and i don't know who said this but it's so true it's that the tragedy of life i don't know maybe you know this paul uh, the tragedy of life is not death itself but that something dies within us while we still live oh beautiful yeah i so i just can't remember who wrote that but i read this i remember when i was a teenager in school and it was an english literature and um class and we had to look at different quotes and different writers and this etched in my memory forever really because it's so true you know how many of us are really living really living really tasting food uh right. tasting life really seeing you know appreciating everything you know touching things you know whether that be a flower whether that be an object but really actually feeling alive in that moment right and and you mentioned food we spend so much time and energy and money on food and mm. we're eating the same things every day you know yeah it's, it's true it's so much time energy and money on eating and we're mm. shoving and that's also a different story but we're shoving a burger down our throat i like burgers but foods and experience also that's all part of that travel that you can experience yeah that's all part of you what you can see feel touch you owe it to yourself we all do we all owe it to ourselves 
you know, people always, yeah, sorry. Um, people always, um, somehow have this wrong idea. And I think we've all experienced that where we think, because you mentioned it a few times that we deserve it. And for some reason, we have moments of where we are so cruel to ourselves and we don't even realize, you know, why don't you eat that, whatever it may be, that dessert, right. let's say, uh, taste that new taste, you know, feel that texture of that food or, you know, drink something beautiful, give that nourishment to your soul. Because yes, we do deserve it. And that is not um, a bad thing. It's a good thing. Because unless we acknowledge, Paul, I believe this, I don't know what your thoughts are, are about this, but unless we acknowledge that we are precious and we deserve to experience life in its entirety, I don't think we can really offer somebody else anything and that's why i was saying if someone has kids what a Mm. what a great what greater gift could you give them but to treat yourself what greater gift if you know that you are going to learn grow and appreciate this adventure Mm. why would you not do it and that your kid will you always hear about the mothers that they give, you know, all the kids and the rest of the family the, the good part of the meal, whatever it may be. And they, they, they're the ones who eat the burnt piece of toast or what's left over in the dish, the last piece. They mm-hmm. treat everyone else first. We're, in, we're trained, we're taught this way. And the goal lines are typically set for us. Okay, you know, I had my kids, I'm done. You know, goal achieved. Now I just make do until the kids have families and then I wait for the grandkids. You know, that's your, that's how high your bar is set. That's where your life is. And I want that life to be enjoyable for everyone. But in order to be as best as possible, you need to figure out how to make yourself as best as possible. And you need to treat yourself as best as possible. So experiencing things like this is how you do it. One way to do it. Travel, taste that food. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. And we need to put the stick down that we beat ourselves with. Yes. Because we're all doing it. And then if we're allowing ourselves to beat ourselves up about some total nonsense then we actually give permission to other people then to come along and beat us with it as well absolutely and this freedom that you speak about um paul where you can travel on your own i think we owe it to ourselves to experience ourselves in the fullness of life to actually experience the miracle of this life if you could have he- heard 
all the, the fear mongering that was whispered in my ear as I decided to travel. Uh, don't do it. The dangers and why would you? And uh, incredible, nonstop. In hindsight, I realized those are the voices that I grew up with. Mm. So it's natural for me to be hesitant to travel. And everyone has those voices. I just happen to hear them all at once from all the people that surround me. The same voices. And it dawned on me, these are the people that I grew up with that essentially were planting the seed not to travel. But they didn't know why. So I didn't know why. Luckily, I took the step and I didn't listen to them. Luckily, I took the chance. And I heard all the voices at once. Don't do it. Not for any valid reason. Just fear. Unknown fear. But I had to overcome that fear and just take that step. And I couldn't be more grateful. How extraordinary. How extraordinary. And an absolutely extraordinary story. Because it is like this courage of yours has really taken you to the depths of yourself where you can truly feel at peace and at one with yourself truly. More, than, uh, more than anything else or anyone else. Because a lot of people look outside of themselves. And we all have that badge, I think, in life where we think somebody or something can make us happy. But ultimately, if we're lucky, we realize, especially through travel, that actually it isn't that. It's something within ourselves. True. Very true. Very true. It is. It is. And, and it's up to us. Mm. We can't blame anyone else. We are responsible for ourselves. We have to make the change. And you have to start believing that there is something better because there is. It's such an amazing. And the funny part is, is that it's so easy. It's so easy. I don't speak the language. It's so easy. It's so easy. Yeah. Laughable. Yeah. Laughable. I, the language thing is a funny one, actually, because um, <laughs> it is hilarious. And I, I remember reading, because I was young, um, when I first encountered um, the book The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. Yes, love that. Yeah. And it's so funny because I loved it when I was young as a teenager, but also um, it's so simplistic. It's so, you know, it's, I wouldn't say, you know, people say, oh, you know, it's not a work of, it's not a huge, you know, major um, piece of literature. But for me, it was because it was so simple and I yes. would underline things 
um, that were important. And when I was having a moment, whether it be on the plane or on the train or wherever, I'd flick through the book and then I would read the message for the day. And this was the point because, you know, I remember the crystal merchant. I don't know if you remember this part in the book where the boy, for those of you out there who haven't read the book, you know, try and read the book because it is fantastic and it's very simple. It is. It's easy to understand. And there is a boy who has a reoccurring dream. And um, I don't want to spoil it for people, but he has a reoccurring (laughs) dream and he meets a mystical man who tells him that his treasure lies in Egypt at the pyramids. So it's the story of how he gets there and meets the alchemist and such. But on his journey, he stops somewhere. I can't remember if it's Morocco, actually, where he stops and he meets the crystal merchant. And and the crystal merchant's dream is to actually, you can tell I've read this book a lot. I know, because I'm I'm struggling to remember the pieces. And you... (laughs) I know, and I know, I've read it so much. And um, this is like an audio, audio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his dream of the crystal merchant who sells crystal and crystal glasses and things is to go to Mecca. That's his dream. And the boy suggests that he should put mint tea or some form of tea in the crystal glasses because he's on a mountain and it would lead to the experience and he could charge more money for it. And finally, after a few months, the crystal merchant, you know, people are loving it. The tourist right. makes enough money to go to Mecca. And the boy says, well, you can go to Mecca now. And the crystal merchant said, no, I can't. And he said, why not? You have the money. He said, but then what am I going to dream about? <laughs> And this is the point, is not to become the crystal merchant. Right. Because um, we have to go beyond ourselves in a way. And I, I, I like what you say. It's about, it doesn't matter what voices were in your head from different people in your life, through your childhood or through your adult life, because that, that's their voices. That's their fears. And yes their insecurities and for whatever you know for, for whatever reason they had them they had them because that's their life journey it's important to make a difference in to actually move away from that and this being on your own like you said actually rids you of those voices i found absolutely absolutely and it's it does it, it I don't want to say it breaks the cycle, um, mm. but yeah. it does. It um, it helps you create your own reality. So the reality we're taught is just that. It's uh, it's someone else's. Someone else has taken what they know, what they perceive as truth, and that's what we've learned. That's how we learn. We learn someone else's truth. So at some point, you need to figure out if that is the truth. And if it's not, you should treat yourself to what it really is. Yeah. You know, when we're talking about different places, say gasoline right now, people that are focused on 
on the news who don't think outside of their country think it's their problem. When you understand this is a world, we none of us really grew up with fences, you know, where you we couldn't leave the country, most of us. But that's how we perceived everything. This is the truth that we were taught. This is how things are. Um, but it's it's a global community these days. It's no longer just the town that we grew up in. And we should think bigger and we should experience more. And it's not difficult. You know, if I go to a restaurant and I order iced tea and they bring me strawberry ice cream because I mispronounced it, well, so, so what? I get some yeah. strawberry ice cream, you know? <laughs> That's I'm a nice with, example. Yeah. I'm happy with it. Uh, I messed yeah. up. Great. I never really knew how to say I see anyway, so <laughs> I don't even know why I tried. <laughs> but this ice cream is, you know, it's not that good. But I, you know, I still like the experience. Yeah. I still yeah. enjoy this moment. If I would have done that in the U.S., it wouldn't have been a moment. It wouldn't, it would yeah. have been return the, the, the ice cream get the iced tea, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed the iced tea because of the mess up. You know, it's just a, the whole- That's true, situation. that's very true, yeah. The economy changes. Mm. Yeah, it's very true. And how long are you going to stay there for in Vietnam? That's where I am now. The international travel supposedly opened up today. Ah, oh, okay. Supposedly. Um, so before I do anything, I, I need to make sure that I'm allowed back in the country. That's okay. been the problem is I, I've never, if you leave, you can't get back in. Um, so I think as soon as I can, I will. My consideration will be whether or not this will now be my home base or not. With the culture and the cost of living, why, why wouldn't it be? Mm, mm. Why wouldn't it be? Uh, again, though, I do live in a local area, whereas that person who asked if I was lonely, you know, pays probably four times what I pay a month because they live in a foreign area. Uh -huh. Probably okay. not as nice as mine, but they pay more because, you know, we can, we being Vietnamese, I, I suddenly became Vietnamese. Um, you know, you charge more for foreigners here. Yeah. Foreigners pay five times more at the restaurants. You get special menus that, and they, oh, really? the prices are five times higher. Yeah, literally, it's a different menu, but most people don't know that. I, I, I know that. So yeah. I, I don't have to. I can pay a lot less for everything. But you're writing a book, aren't you, about um, Vietnamese food. Is that right? Yes, I wrote a cookbook. Um, it's also, it also has tidbits of Vietnamese culture. So the recipes are, are authentic. But there's a lot of tidbits that are written in a light, easy to read way about the culture here, just to try and pique someone's interest to possibly travel here. Okay. I want to encourage people to experience travel. And that's where my voice is. That's where my I, voice is. It's wonderful, actually. I think, I hope. And for sure, people out there hearing your story, 
I really, really, truly hope that it inspires people out there to change something in their life and to feel and to taste life in its wholeness and its magic and its mystery. And if they ever want to reach out to me to ask me for advice, what backpack or anything, feel free. And where can they get hold of you, Paul? Um, They can email me through my website, which is paulbkennedy.com or on Twitter. You can always reach out to me. It's um, Paul in Vietnam. But in all seriousness, you know, someone guided me, Paul, just bring a backpack, even with some vacation, don't get one with wheels. Like they gave me the little guidance that I truly hung on to and appreciated. And I'm more than willing to, to encourage others to travel. Just reach out, ask me questions. Questions are free. Why not? Help others. Wonderful. Wonderful. And what's the website again, Paul, that they can uh, take a look at people? Again, it's a very creative, very creative <laughs> website name. It's very unique. It's my name. It's Paul B, like boy, Kennedy. <laughs> Paul B. Kennedy. Paul Bernard. P- Paul B. Kennedy. Dot com. Dot com. Okay. Very creative. I know. That's the best I can come <laughs> well, up with. I mean, Sorry, guys. It, it shows you who you are. That's what's the most important thing. Now, as we come to the end, yes. I would love to ask you, Paul, for, Uh-oh. I always ask my guests this, Uh-oh. is a few sentences. You of, didn't tell me there's a test. Well, <laughs> yeah. Oh my I'm God, I'm nervous now. answer now, though. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a few sentences, actually, to... You've said so many inspiring things and so many motivational things. But in a nutshell, for people to take away with them that they can remember something by, um, what advice would you give to people in a nutshell, something they can ponder upon each day, something that's helped you, maybe it's words of wisdom or something that inspires you daily? Well, I use this with food but it's also applicable to people and culture. So to understand people, you have to understand the culture. To understand the culture, you have to understand the people. So you'll be surprised once you understand another culture, how much you understand people in general. So to understand people, you have to understand culture. To understand culture, you have to understand people. And it's, um, it's a, a true cycle that when you start understanding how similar we all are, yet different at the same time, mm. it answers so many questions. We are so different, yet so similar, and nothing will show this more than living or traveling in a different culture. We look and feel and sound so different, but we're really all the same. And it really makes you think of everyone differently. So, yes, that's very lovely, actually. And it's in a way we are like all different colors, but of the same rainbow. And no better way to experience this is a crash course in empathy. Traveling is a crash course in empathy. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. You have inspired me today, I have to say, Paul. Mimi, go travel. Go travel, (laughs) Mimi. Get your backpack. Yeah, it's wonderful to hear a kindred spirit that (laughs) understands the beauty and the mystery of traveling and meeting new people and experiencing new and beautiful adventures. Thank you so much for joining me today, Paul. It's been an absolute pleasure. Likewise, Mimi, thank you for having me. Um, And I can't wait to hear about your next travel venture. (laughs) Yes. and I want details. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you will. I'm not going to broadcast them, but I will. um, (laughs) Between, you know, you and I, I will tell you them for sure. (laughs) Excellent. Take care. Look after yourself. And whatever you do in life, enjoy the adventure. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Mimi, good talking to you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Paul Kennedy, living the life of dreams. Thank you so much for joining me today. As always, it's so, so appreciated. Wishing you beautiful moments and happy days. Until next time, take care and lots of love. Thank you for listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life, brought to you by your host, Mimi Novik. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and see you in the next episode. For more information about Mimi Novik and her books, music and inspirational work, take a look at her website, www.miminovik.co.uk.